2: Hello, welcome to the Cardinal Insider podcast. I'm your host Brett McMillan. So glad that you've chosen to join us today. I think that you're going to be glad that you did too, because we are spending the episode talking about the 1987 National League Championship Cardinals. Little Check the Cox throws. All- The 87 Cards were in town for a 30-year reunion in mid-August, and during that time I had a chance to talk one-on-one with five different players from that team. During this episode, you're going to hear from Tom Lawless, the bat flip man himself, Joe McGrain, Tommy Herr, Ken Daly, and also Willie McGee. And that's where we start, because I think that Willie arguably is the most popular, not just of that group, but maybe the most popular Cardinal of the 1980s, Ozzie Smith, probably giving him a run for his money as well. The Mets had run away with the division in 1986, so I asked Willie what the feeling was in the spring of 1987.
3: Just a new year, you know, a new start. <clears throat> um, just hoping everybody stays healthy and, uh, you know, and, 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 and at that level, you know, if everybody plays up to their capabilities, the bullpen does their job, starters do their job, the outfielders do their job infielders catcher, everybody plays up to their ability then it's going to be tough to beat you you know and that's what any major league team so that's what you kind of you know you prepare for and shoot for hope that you know that your car is uh, not leaking oil or you know you don't need a new carburetor that everything is just running good.
2: Like you said, I mean, the reason that you show up is to try to win a pennant and to, to try to get to the World Series. But at what point did you guys look around that year in 87 and go, we've got a contender, we could we could do this?
3: Oh, you you know, in spring training, you know, if like I say, if, with the talent that we had, you know, you got guys that you played with and you got Vince Coleman at the time, one, probably the fastest guy in the league. You know, he gets on base, he's still second, still third. You got Jack Clark, you got Terry Pendleton. You got Tommy Her, you got David Green, you got Kurt Ford off the bill. You got so many, you know, guys that's talented and different, different weapons to use. And again, like I say, if
2: everybody's producing, you know, you, you're going to be there in the end. Big home runs that year in the playoffs, so Kendo in the NLCS and then Lawless in the World Series, two unlikely heroes. Yeah. What does that do for a team when guys like that? Oh, it's
3: big. It is big. I mean, it is unexpected, but it's potentially there, and it come out at the right time. You know, it's just unbelievable, you know, the, the, the feeling that you get and the relief that you get because it takes so much pressure off the team, you know. And I mean, even, you know, and then when it comes to things that they do well, you know, so that's just another asset for them, another way that they, they create a great, uh, great advantage for us that year by hitting those home runs, you know, get us over the hump.
2: You so. played on some really good teams in the 80s. If you had to tell people about the 87 team and maybe just how it was different than, especially 82 or 85, how would you characterize it? Uh,
3: 85 team, everybody, it seemed like everybody peaked, you know, everybody played their best baseball, I feel, that we had. 82 was different in the fact that it kind of was like a flower, you know, like you start something that, that you, from, the, from the bottom, you know, you water it and it just grew. Everything got better, everything got better, everything got better, and it culminated in a World Series championship. 87 was pretty much scratch and scrape, you know, everybody doing just enough to do what we had to do to keep pace. And uh, when we needed to get the job done, it got done. But it wasn't like 85 where it was just, you know, just like a machine. But it was a machine, but a different type of
2: machine. Last thing, because you've been generous with your time, we appreciate that. When you see the love from fans, you've always been a fan favorite here. From the first at-bat you took Mm -hmm. through today, you'll, you'll get a big reaction. What does that mean to you that the fans love you?
3: Just appreciation. You know, I appreciate it, you know, I, I do. And I'm sure all the rest of the guys, you know, appreciate the time that they had here because, you know, these Cardinal fans, you know, they, they treat everybody. You hustle and you play the game right and you try hard and do your job, you know, you, 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 you get rewarded in that way. You know, they, they, they see not only uh, positive numbers, they see effort, they see heart, they see passion. You know, so I mean and 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 that's what I was all about and most of the Cardinal players that we have, that's what they're about. That's what Whitey uh, that's what Whitey loved to get, you know, guys that were, you know, talented but passionate and, and, and were ball players. And uh, and the, the fans can see that I think.
2: Willie's on staff with the Cardinals. He's a roving instructor across the minor leagues working with some of the young kids. And we also see him quite a bit here in St. Louis for big league events as well. Tommy is a different story. He's not around the team that much these days. A staple at second base during the 1980s in an era where you really knew day-to-day, week-to-week, even year-to-year, what the starting nine was going to look like. The lineup and the positions played didn't change all that much. That kind of continuity gave him a chance to come up with some big moments, including one of my favorites from 1987, a big home run and extra innings on seat cushion night.
0: Pitch to her and he hits it a mile. Tommy Herr could have a grand slam. Tommy Herr does. Tommy Herr belts a 10th inning grand slam home run. And the Cardinals beat the New York Mets for the second straight night. The final score 12 to 8, 48,000 delirious fans here at Busch Stadium. One of the most remarkable victories the Cardinals will ever come up with. 12-8, to 8, they beat the New York Mets. What a night at the ballpark.
2: I had never talked to Tommy Herr before, but I found him really thoughtful and really appreciated especially how he framed the legacy of the 80s Cardinals. But I began by asking him, what do you thought defined that team in 1987?
1: Well, I think uh, resilience, would uh, the, that word would come to mind because we, uh, we went from uh, a World Series team in 85 to a team in 86 that uh, uh, just started the season in a funk and could really never get out of the funk. And having to watch our uh, arch-rival Mets become world champions in 86 I think when we came back to uh, spring training in 87, it, it kind of redefined our resolve to uh, to let everyone know that, uh, you know, they couldn't just hand the uh, the 87 pennant to the Mets too soon. You know, we were going to have something to say about it. So I think that resilience that we showed to bounce back after a really tough year in 86 and uh, challenge the Mets again in 87, uh, that, that kind of defined our group, and, and uh, it was an intense rivalry. I mean, that that uh, the, that three- or four-year span, the Cardinals and the Mets, where there was no love lost,
2: believe me. Joe McGrain <laughs> said that it was great for him pitching because he knew that behind him, if a ball was on the ground, it was pretty much going to get sucked up. What did it take for you guys as individuals to make that happen?
1: Well, um you know by the eighty seven season you know uh terry and and Ozzie and I had played together for uh you know that was our let's see I'm trying to think when Terry came up, but it was at least our third full season together so we you know when when you uh you become acclimated to each other you know I'm sure that uh, terry Terry knew how far. Uh, off the line, he could play to, you know, because of Aussie's range, he could cheat one way or the other, and I could do the same thing, you know, I could I could, uh, you know uh, balls that were hit up the middle that I knew Ozzie was going to get to, obviously, uh, you know, I could I could favor uh, playing to my left a little bit more, so uh, you know, th- there's a dynamic there of, of familiarity that you, you know, you kind of know where to play, you know the other guy's Uh, range and so forth and uh, you know by the 87 season that was that was pretty well entrenched and uh, very you know in in my opinion uh, one of the greatest infields of all time just really uh, really special uh, special group.
2: Was there a point in that season where you guys looked around and said we've got the pieces here to to be a contender and to represent the league in the World Series?
1: Well, we knew that coming in. I mean, we were basically the same bunch that had uh, been to the World Series in '85, and then, uh, you know, suffered a terrible defeat in the '85 World Series, and, and really never we uh, rene- never recuperated from that, uh, and got fell so far behind the Mets in '86. So, I mean, '87, we were. It, it wasn't like we didn't know that we were a good team, I and mean, we. We kind of, uh, I spoke about the resolve earlier that we, we kind of refocused and uh, understood that we were gonna be a part of the equation. You know, we were gonna have something to say with uh, who won the East. And uh, it was important for us to get off to a good start that year. And, and, you know, once once we were in the hunt, you know, we knew what to do once we got there. And uh, we were able to close it out and, and really stay consistent the whole year. and. You know, we beat teams that we were supposed to beat and played the really good teams about even, which is how you win pennants, you know.
2: Tom Wallace had that huge home run in Game 4 of the World Series. Uh, He told me the other day that Whitey had put the bunt on, and Whitey had told Tom the reason was that he just had a feeling, like you do sometimes in baseball. The feeling worked out. (laughs) Did you sense something when Tom was up there? Did you have a feeling? (laughs) <laughs> no, it's hard to have a feeling I mean, when a guy doesn't hit home runs yeah, like that. Well, I
1: mean, no, I mean, it was a surprise. There's, there's no doubt about that. But, uh, you know, the guys that, uh, you know, on on that team, Tom was a, uh, he was an extra infielder, and you know, of course, with, with me and Ozzie and 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 uh, Terry Pendleton being switch hitters. Uh, you know, his opportunity to play uh, was diminished because, uh, you know, we were everyday players. So, uh, you know, if we stayed healthy, we were gonna be in there. And so, you know, I, I think it's, a, it's kind of a, it's a tribute to him that he stayed ready, that he was able to uh, perform on the biggest stage that you can get, uh, having had very little, uh, very few at bats during the regular season. And uh, in that regard, it was a, you know it was a surprise that he was able to uh, you know hit a home run in a World Series game, especially off a great pitcher like uh, Frank Viola. So uh, you know there there were a lot of uh, you know a lot of elements to that 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 were surprising. And then his his reaction to the home run was classic, you know the bat flip, and uh, you know it was uh, it was. It was, a you know, again, a, just a, a great moment in, in the many great moments of Cardinal baseball.
2: You guys had that clutch gene kind of that year, and you also seemed like you approached the game with seriousness, but you also were never pressing. Where did that come from that you were able to stay so calm?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, a lot of it gets back to, you know, we had, we had been in pennant races before, so... Uh, you know our our goal going into the 87 season was you know that's just let's not let the Mets run away and hide again let's stay in it. let's stay in the hunt and we we felt like if we if we stayed in the race that we could find a way to win it and uh, and that's that's exactly what happened you know we were uh, we were Uh, in it from the very beginning we won some big games early in the season against the Mets that that kind of uh, juiced us up and um, you know the whole uh, the whole experience uh, I think that we had in 85 and then again in uh, the disappointment in 86 kind of all you know they were building blocks for the 87 season and and enabled us to uh, you know kind of weather the storm of, you know, all the emotional ups and downs that a season can bring.
2: When you look at that 87 team, 30 years later now, what do you think the legacy that Cardinal fans need to remember is specifically about that season and that group?
1: Well, you know, it's, <clears throat> in my mind, you know, the 85 and 87 seasons kind of get bunched together, you know, with Basically, the same team uh, went to World Series two out of the three years, uh, and and really kind of lost both World Series under odd circumstances. You know, the '85 you know the Don Denkinger call was was uh, huge in us losing that series, and then '87 with uh, the uh, you know having having Pendleton and and Clark. Uh, unavailable for a lot of the series and the home team winning every game of that series. Uh, you know I, I guess my uh, my recollection would be that if if we had found a way to win those two World Series and add that on to the one we had already won in 82, I, I think that team would have been recognized as one of the uh, if not one of the greatest teams in baseball history, at least one of the most unique. Uh, teams because of the uh, the speed and the switch hitters and so forth that uh, we were throwing out there. Uh, so it's kind of unfortunate because we uh, because we did lose those two. We're we're kind of a little bit lost in the shuffle of uh, when the conversation comes up about greatest teams in uh, baseball, but. Uh, you know I guess that that would be my, my re- one regret about uh, about that season.
2: Now whether you were living or not, when you think of 1987, there's probably one image, one moment that you think of more than any other. It has to do with Tom Lawless, a bench player and by no means a prolific hitter, but he was thrust into the starting lineup in game four of the World Series because of injuries. He came up with the game tied, one1, two on. And Tom Wallace did this. High deep left field. Brad goes all the way back at the finish. It's, it's gone. Tom and I talk about the homer and the bat flip, which followed toward the end of this interview. But to begin, we got him kind of weighing in on the rest of the 1987 season, starting with what changed from 86 to 87 to help the Cardinals capture the division. Well, I think I think we just played so well defensively and pitching wise.
4: We were, you know, we were not known for hitting home runs and, and doing all the things. So when we played baseball, we had to play the game the right way, and you know, everybody understood that. You know, we had one guy in the middle of the lineup that, that if we could get a couple of guys on, that was our chance to get a two or three run home run with Jack anchoring down in the middle, but. With the, with the speed that we had and being able to go first and third and hit, take singles and turn them into doubles, I think that's what changed and that's what that, that's what, that made us so successful because we, we just put so much pressure on the other team to be able to field the ball cleanly, and if they didn't, they knew what was going to happen.
2: I feel like you guys were never gripping the bat too tight. You were never nervous. Even though you took the game seriously, was that a byproduct of Whitey and his approach to managing?
4: Well, I think it was a byproduct of Whitey, the coaching staff, and the 25 guys that were in the clubhouse. I think it was s- such a big family and we had so much fun together on the field and off the field. I mean, there was a lot of times where, you know, especially at home, we'd all get together. We'd do some different things. We we'd, On the road, we'd do some things, but, but because of the relationship we had, we could take that and go onto the field and be able to play the game with some fun, some excitement and, you know, never really nervous about anything it was just everybody knew their role everybody
2: had a, had a role and we went out and, and, and did what we needed to do everybody talks about the world series but that was a great nlcs seven games that year what stood out to you about that series
4: well it's, it's always harder to, to get through back then it was always harder to get through the you know the the ser- to get to win the national league to get to the world the world series trying to win that series against your rival in the, in the west we always had we always had a tough time with the giants they had good pitching but you know i think the turning point was out in in uh, frisco when when bob forsch lost a ball inside and hit leonard and you know a lot of things were you know a lot of things were said but i think that turned us around and and got us back to go when we came back home we beat him ended up getting to the world series but you know, playing that series—that's hard. That's that's hard. Once you—if you can win that—the you know, World Series is the gravy part of it. You know, you know that's what you leave spring training for. That's play the regular season, play the playoffs, get to the World Series. Then we'll take our chances from that. We were we were able to do that, you know, in '85 and '87.
2: You had your big moment in Game Four of that World Series. Do you think a lot about how that one moment, that one swing? really kind of framed your legacy as a player and there's generations of people that know you because of that.
4: Yeah I mean that's, and, that, and that's what happens in, in, in baseball you know you, for me going back to what we said earlier and I was actually talking to Willie out there about it I said you know Willie we we all knew what our job was when we when we when we when we got here we had Tommy Herr, we had Ozzy, we had Terry Pendleton playing the infield. I was an infielder. Okenda was an infielder. We didn't play that much. You know, we just didn't have the opportunity to play that much because we played pretty much nine guys every day. It was the same nine guys, but that's the way everybody played back then. It wasn't now you see a different lineup just about every night on a lot of teams. Back then you were a starter, you were an extra man. But, but as an extra man, you had a role to fill on that ball club, and Whitey made it, you know, clear that, that you'll play when I need to get somebody arrested. You'll play. You'll pinch run late in the ball game for somebody if it's, if it's a close ball game. You'll go in and play defense if I need you. So you you ended up being always on your toes, day in and day out, because you never knew when somebody might get nicked up, and you had a and Whitey called to to get you ready, and and that's how we that's how we played. We were ready whenever he needed it. It just so happened that Terry got hurt. And couldn't play in the playoffs, and in the World Series he couldn't hit right-handed. He could hit left-handed, so it gave me an opportunity. Anytime you get an opportunity, anything can happen. You know, you're you're a, you're a major league baseball player, even though you don't have 510 at bats, you may have 250 in your career, or whatever. But you're still a major league player. You know what it takes to do the job, and that was just like, I just got I just ran into a 2-0 fastball and and had, and got enough barrel on it to get it out, and you know. We have so—the so, great, the great fans of St. Louis, it's amazing. You know, they don't forget. They don't forget. And, and that's why, going back to what you said, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of my career and probably the biggest part of my career that'll, that'll live forever here because the fans are so passionate about the game that we play.
2: Thirty years removed from 87. Mm-hmm. Winning a pennant is a—it's a monumental thing. What do you hope this weekend that fans remember and take away from celebrating what you guys did?
4: Well, just, just the, the hard work that was put, in, put into it. Because, like you said, it's not, it was not easy back then to win the pennant. You know, it, you, 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 you had to go you know division. You know, we played divisional teams 18, 20 times in that year, and, and there was a lot of good teams in there. And to be able to go in there and, and continue to win six and seven games out of every week, to get to where you want to get to. It's it, it, it's hard. We, we were lucky we didn't have a lot of injuries, you know, and, and that's a big part of how you can continue to keep that going. But I think the biggest thing is the way we played the game. We played the game with excitement, fun, and we played it fundamentally sound. And I
2: think those are the things that carried us throughout those years. It isn't just fans who thought that the bat flip was an interesting moment. I've talked to a lot of people this year in preparation for the 87 reunion and it's interesting to hear the takes from guys who were on the field or in the dugout that night. I really enjoyed Joe McGrain and what he had to say about the lawless bat flip. I think it'll bring a smile to your face, and we'll let you hear that in just a little bit. Joe was an MLB Network broadcaster now, but he was a rookie starting pitcher in 1987. No starter that year, won more than 11 games. Yet they still got all the way to the World Series and captured that NL pennant. And I asked Joe what it is he thought that made the rotation successful, even though, wins-wise, there were other rotations in the 80s that did better. We knew that every time that, that, that
0: we went out there, uh, uh, I was just talking with Tommy Herr about this, that we could, we could flash the leather. And Whitey often you know, had some very direct conversations, at least with me, about quit nibbling. We've got uh, you know, Hall of Fame glove guys in the, uh, in the infield, and um, that was an incredible confidence booster about throwing the ball over the plate and knowing if it got hit hard, uh, the speed in the outfield with Vince Willie or Kurt Ford or Johnny Morris was gonna be able to catch it. And if it got hit in the gr- on the ground in the infield, Terry Pendleton, Ozzy Smith, or Tommy Herr was gonna be able to catch it as well. So uh, the one thing that that travels everywhere is the team speed that we had, that never takes a day off, and neither did our defense. And it was, it was a real exciting brand of baseball, and from, a, from an entertainment aspect, the, the speed and just the, the gymnastics of, uh, I think is a, is a good word to describe how we,
2: we played defense. There wasn't anything that, that we couldn't catch. It's a pretty overused cliche sometimes to say there's a good group of guys in sports, right. but you can just tell from the old video and even here, looking around, you guys skid along well. There's some great personalities. How does that breed a winning atmosphere? Uh, you know, a lot of
0: people and 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 nowadays, as as baseball's kind of undergone a new uh, revolution with with analytics, where uh, you know some uh, general managers you know think that uh, there's almost like Players are inanimate objects, or chess pieces that you can position. Whether it's shifting, uh, but the the one thing that I think often gets overlooked is is chemistry. And and literally, we are with each other throughout the course of the baseball season. Uh, you know more than more than uh, more than our wives and and, and families d- during the season. And anyone that may have. Uh, any type of little personality conflict, it's going to become uncovered because we spend so much time on uh, the field, planes, trains, and automobiles together, that um, uh, you know that something you know might uh, might crop up. But I think that it was a thing that we knew we had a Hall of Fame manager uh, and and knew uh, to watch him outsmart the opposition uh, that we had really something special and um, uh, some in, in incredible players and it was really united around um, around collecting W's so we were all invested and the fact that we were um, made it easy to overlook any type of you know, personality <clears throat> issue or something that any player had. They were completely Committed to uh, to winning.
2: What changed over the winter from '86 to '87, where the Mets had had such a good year in '86, and then you guys come out in '87 and run all the way to the pennant? Um, the, we were
0: we were two different types of teams. The you know the uh, the Mets were the the big power hitting, brash, uh, you know, New York stars, media darlings, and. and we were a, a team that that really had to play as a as a collective uh, uh, to beat them, and um, we we did that by executing, uh, you know, the game plan that Whitey had had set out for us. He made it very he made it very easy for us to succeed, you know. And he made the 25th guy feel just important as the the number one. That's why at that time you see players that have been with us that have gone with other organizations that a, a team doesn't know how to best utilize what they do well and and a lot of people say well, well this guy played great for Whitey Herzog well there was a reason because he was always in a situation where where he could succeed and um, those those Mets rivalries were in the '80s, were really something special. Going into Shea Stadium was like going into the lion's den, and and playing this, uh, you know, this great team. And you know, and don't forget, we also had the Expos breathing down our neck the last, uh, uh, last five days of the the season
2: uh, as well. Tell me about the lawless bat flip from your perspective, where you were in the ballpark, what it was like to watch it, and. What did that do for the team to see a guy like that hit that kind of home run?
0: It was it was still one of the one of the brashest things done by the little motor mouth lawman who was always the guy who was on the bench ragging the opposition. And you know, I remember thinking this guy really knows his power because that went like one foot over the over the yellow line, and he would have thought he hit it out of the stadium. And you know. You know, they say uh, Hawk Harrelson invented the, uh, the batting glove, and uh, I think Tom Lawless invented, invented the bat flip. And that uh, was one of the most dramatic things that I've seen, And given the gravity of a World Series, and also the funniest at the same time, because normally everything is so serious, given the intensity of the game, that you don't allow yourself to be entertained and, and laugh, we were, uh, uh, we were struck between the emotion of just utter joy because of the, the, the home run and, and also hilarity because of, you know, that you would have thought that this guy hit 35 home runs a year. And uh, I, you know, I'll see that
2: highlight, you know, running through my brain the rest of my days. And then the final thing, as we celebrate the anniversary of this NL Pennant. When you look at 87 and you reflect on your career and, you know, the history of this franchise, what do you think that fans should take away when they think about 87? How do you hope that year is remembered?
0: I hope it's remembered uh, from the standpoint that um, we as players, uh, you know, gave it up for for the franchise. Uh, you know, you, t- you talk about the New York Yankees and— in the al well the cardinals certainly are the the yankees in the nl or even uh, we have our own um you know we have our own identity and it's been a a history of excellence and it's it it will just in in my mind hopefully just be viewed as another one of those years and and when you think and reflect upon it whether it's an umpire's call or a, a couple of pitches this very easily could have been a a dynasty team of the 80s that would have had three world championships in 82, 85, and 87. And so hopefully it it gives the fans a a moment to reflect about not only how good the team was, but how well it played together and and how entertaining and exciting of a team that uh, really was greater than the sum of its
2: parts. From the starting arm of Joe McGrain, To the reliever, to close out the podcast, it's Ken Daly, the Cardinal lefty, who was a real asset for Whitey Herzog that year because of what happened with the starting pitching. Injuries allowing them not really to get traction, and there just weren't as many wins. So Ken got to watch all those starts from a pitcher's perspective, even though he was a bullpen guy. And I wanted to know, to him, just like I asked Joe, what made it work for that rotation, even though the wins weren't there?
5: Well, you know... Everybody gave quality innings, and Whitey wasn't afraid to go to the bullpen, which you know, we, we had a lot of guys out there that could do the job, and I was fortunate to get quite a few wins out there, actually. So uh, you know, it, It's not always going seven, eight innings like, I guess, the old days. You know, Now if you get six of your quality starts, so that would have
2: been about then. How does it help you as a bullpen guy when you know that Whitey's a manager, especially that had confidence—that okay, I'm going to come in and and give you guys big spots and big outs to get.
5: Well, it was kind of the beginning of that, uh, where people were—I uh, guess what you—what were they? Uh, where they're—they're they're so specialized, I guess you know where the you had one guy that was pitching the eighth and another guy pitching the seventh, that kind of stuff. Uh, that was when that first started, uh, and you know. Confidence, there's nothing like confidence, and if you have some success and you get out there two or three times, then it starts to roll, and and he just went with that style, and
2: he built confidence in everybody out there. There's a quirky World Series where the home team wins every game, but the video I've seen before Game 7, you guys seem really loose. Uh, Tell me kind of where that came from throughout the year, just the confidence to feel loose and, and play like you did.
5: Well, you know, it was uh, strange uh, surroundings with the, the way the stadium was and all that. But, uh, you know, it, you just play the game and it was just weird that it was home and home. That was just the way it worked out. And, um, you know, I know that in the game six when Whitey gave me the ball, said, if you get this guy out, you know, we're going to win this thing. And uh, two pitches later, I think, no, it was the first pitch actually to Herbeck. He hit over the wall in center field. So, uh, you know that was that was the end of that game and so anyhow but yeah it was you know you, you just never know and in being in a strange stadium like that as loud as it was it was it was definitely different
2: what was the difference from 86 to 87 you know the Mets they had a really good year in 86 they win the division and then you guys flipped the script on them in 87 what changed for you
5: well you know it's funny because that whole stretch both the Cardinals and the Mets were good that whole stretch 85 six and seven I mean Good, good ball clubs, good, good battles, and uh, you know I think it's just a matter of, you know, some a little bit better starting pitching here and there, and and of course the you know the bullpen and you know offense. It was just we were going to win every day. We just didn't know how. Every day it seemed to be somebody different that stepped up and got the job done. So uh, I don't know if I could pinpoint one thing, but um, you know it just hanging in there and keep going. that was all it was.
2: Special thanks to all five of these guys for taking time to sit down with us. I really enjoyed my time with each one of them, some fun personalities, and some really fun perspectives, thirty years after a National League pennant. We've got an eighty-seven TV story airing on Cardinals Insider. You can check it out on demand at Cardinals.com slash insider or on the MLB at Bad App. Either one, just search nineteen eighty-seven to find the story. You can also search Cardinals Insider if you'd like to see all of our episodes and the other stories that we do on both the current and former Cardinal rosters. Glad that you've joined us today. Hope that you've enjoyed listening to these guys as much as I enjoyed talking with them. If you want to hear other episodes of the podcast, you can listen, rate, and subscribe on iTunes or Podbean. Just search St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Next episode, well, it's Hall of Fame weekend coming up, so we're going to have some interviews and some thoughts on the 2017 Hall of Fame class, which includes Pepper Martin, Mark McGuire, and, of course, Tim McCarver as well. Be sure to join us next Tuesday when that episode drops. Until then, for the 87 NL Champs, my name's Brett McMillan. So glad that you joined us. We'll talk to you next time on the Cardinal Insider Podcast.
3: 6 St. Louis. High fly ball to shallow left. Vince Coleman, Minnesota back.